day, everyone. Welcome to the STD Project's Happy Hump Day podcast. I am Janelle Marie, and this is Wednesday. We have a treat for you. Actually, I am interviewing this evening Lindsay Wachowiak. Lindsay, is that, that's how you pronounce your last name, correct? It is. Excellent. Okay, good. Lindsay Wachowiak is a health writer and a competitive baker. She lives in Washington, D.C. with a plant and a cat. And she has most recently done an STD interview for us on the website. You may have read that. And actually, I found Lindsay via an XO Jane post titled The Year of Two STDs, or Why My Vagina Has Been on Hiatus. It touches on a personal level. She's very open and honest and shares her story publicly to promote awareness and education. So I invited her to come and talk to us out loud about STDs and living with an STD tonight. So welcome, Lindsay. Thanks so much for being with us. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your experience um, contracting an STD, what you're presently living with, and kind of your perspective overall to just give us a, a general idea of who we're talking to. Sure, okay. So um, I guess I'll just start right in. So I am living with HPV and also HSV1, so that is uh, the herpes simplex virus, and it's the kind, It's one is the kind that's typically uh, tied to cold sores, yeah. but Mine are not on my face. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's what I'm living with. Uh, and my HPV was, in fact, the cancerous variety. And I don't have cancer yet, knock on wood. That's awesome. But I have dealt with uh, what is called CIN and VIN2, which okay. are precancerous growths. Uh, C stands for cervical. V stands for vulva. Vulva. Vulva? On the vulva. <laughs> vulva. <laughs> So that is what I've been dealing with, and it's been a little over a year now with okay. the HPV, and I found it through an abnormal path like most people do. I went in, I'm trying to think, I guess last October or November, so 2011, Okay. and then I came back, my doctor had me come back for a colposcopy, which I don't know if you've talked about those on the podcast before. Not a lot. I've had one years ago. I had a colposcopy as well, and then I was lucky enough to not have it turn into precancerous cells, and so far I've not had any additional um, additional issues with that, any leap or anything like that, but yeah, that's certainly, I do talk, talk about that briefly, that I have had HPV in the past, so, so I'm sure our listeners, some of them might not be very well aware of what that all entails. Okay, well, a colposcopy is basically your gynecologist taking a look on the inside at your cervix. And if they see something that looks a little abnormal, they take a biopsy of it. So the typical colposcopy and biopsy include, it looks like um, like a hole puncher, but on like a very long piece of, like a very long pair of scissors. That's which is horribly super scary. scary yeah. That's really um, scary. And when I went in for my first one, there was a poster posted right in front of the little, uh, like, the, the table with the stirrups. Sure. Like, posted, like, graphically. And the, the nurse saw me looking at it and freaking out and said, don't look at that. And literally went into my own purse to hand me my phone and said, read something else. Oh, my gosh. No kidding. Yeah. And you wonder, have you seen the vagina monologues? There's a really great monologue in them that talks about those stupid stirrups and the whole sterile of those rooms in general and then oh, to yeah. couple that with the fear the unknown all of a sudden 
I mean, did you know that HPV was an STD at this point? Oh, I did. did. Yeah, I had actually worked in women's health for a little while. Okay. So, and um, I actually volunteer with the D.C. Abortion Fund. I thought, but, you know, and I was pretty educated on STDs, but it didn't occur to me that I might be able to get HPV when when I was still using condoms. Right. You know, using them every time. Yeah, because it's skin to skin transmitted, and condoms don't always cover all of the locations where it can be transmitted from, contracted from. So exactly, and there's no test for men for it. Right. So I didn't realize at the time. So right. And I, and I mean that makes that makes me feel dumb. But if I feel like I'm super educated and I had been working in that, yeah. What does the rest of America? think yeah so. very very little there's very much unknown about it I just had somebody tell me the other day his wife had HPV and he said well HPV is not an STD Janelle and I said well it is <laughs> and I understand why you think that and I know you don't want to because of what's associated with STDs or STIs and how that's viewed get it unfortunately though it is so I don't know what else to tell you but it just it just is you know <laughs> Okay, well, that's really awesome. It's awesome that I think, one, I'm so happy that you're here chatting with it because I think a lot of people will be able to relate to your experience, but not only that you're chatting, you're willing to chat out loud, and that's not easy to do, and a lot of people aren't there yet and, and may never be, and that's totally fine. Yeah. I certainly don't encourage everybody to come out like I do, running around telling everyone I have an STD. That's certainly not uh, going to work for everyone. I want to kind of talk about, you're really open with your experience now. You're going to be living with HSV-1 forever because it's incurable. Right. And I'm, I'm really interested in what you perceive because the HPV, are you saying now, are you cleared that you're, you haven't had any issues anymore with it and so you're feeling really good about that? You didn't went through all of the stuff. Yeah, well, I'm still having abnormal paps. Like, just okay. quote, quote my doctor, just a little abnormal. So I have to get paps every three to six months uh-huh. yep. uh, until I get three clean ones. So okay. that's going to be in my system for a while still. Yep. Um, but I don't have any more of the precancerous growths inside or out, which is really, like, super comforting to know that because the treatment for that is such a pain. Just, yeah. it sucks. It's um, it's this cream called imiquimod, which mm-hmm. basically burns layers of your skin off. Yeah, lovely. And when I talked to my gynecological oncologist, who was amazing, if anybody needs a recommendation in the D.C. area, I can I can set you up because awesome. she was fantastic. Cool. But um, she says most people don't get through the three months of treatment, and it's three nights a week where, because it's burning so badly, I couldn't sleep. I had to take sleeping pills on those nights. It's just, it's a, it's a wonder that there's not a... A, a bit more of a progressive approach at this point to treating that as something that's not so invasive seeming, I guess, that that's a shock well, to me. Well, they do have, you can get it lasered off. Okay. But that, I think, is supposed to hurt a lot more, but it's a one-time shot. But okay. then you can't have sex for, like, another six months. Gotcha. But I figured I would rather, because that's essentially a surgical procedure, and I figured if we could avoid surgery, that was what I wanted to do. Sure, sure. Yeah, I can see that. And each to their own, making that decision, what's going to work best for them. Exactly. Okay, so what do you think then? I mean, you're, you're so amazingly open and talking about it now. What were your challenges, and how did you overcome them to where you are comfortable? I mean both what were your challenges and I think your first initial 
wow, this is what I need to overcome. But then what got you to this point? Why are you, I'm going to tell everyone and here is me and here's my whole story and my name attached to it. And here I am kind of thing. What brought you to that point? Okay. Um, well, I guess I should probably go back to when I was diagnosed with herpes. I had started seeing someone. I thought he was really great. It kind of seemed like it could go somewhere. And I hadn't felt that way in a really long time. So I was excited. Cool. We had gone our separate ways for, we were both on vacation at the same time. And while I was on vacation, I had just horrific pain and I didn't know what it was. And I, like, I assumed that it was like the precancerous stuff was back and it hurt way more than that. Cause that stuff didn't hurt unless I had medicine on it. Okay. So I was like, Oh God, it's cancer. Right. So I went uh, to the hospital, to the ER alone on vacation I was with a bunch of friends and I didn't want anybody to know about my crotch pain. Right, right, of course. Um, and I cried alone in an ER while this really terrible doctor was like, you have herpes, you got it two to four weeks ago. And I was like, I have a new boyfriend, what am I supposed to say? I well, didn't have sex two to four weeks ago. And he doesn't even know that it was two to four weeks ago. It could have been no. two to four years ago. There are so many doctors. I mean, I just want to shake people sometime. It's that oh my, frustrating. Yeah. A gal came on the website and told me that her doctor said she might have contracted herpes from a toilet seat. Her doctor said that. I'm, and then I'm, I'm like, what? That's not even possible. Herpes, when it gets outside of the body, immediately it starts to break down. Herpes is a very volatile virus, so that's yeah. impossible. There are other viruses that can remain on surfaces for lengths of time, but usually those are bloodborne pathogens. Anyhow, yeah. I digress, but you can, you know, and this is not unusual. I hear this all the time, Lindsay. People tell me what their doctors say, and I just, I think there's stigma within doctors even. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that that resides. No, there totally is, and there's so much misinformation, Janelle, going around. Like, I, like, I thought immediately, I'm like, I can never have kids. Right, because you don't know. Yeah, like, what am I, what am I going to do? Like, I, the chances are already slim with the pre-cancer and, like, possible cancer coming back. Like, the chances of that coming back are, like, 30%. Okay. So, and that could leave you sterile, which is scary. Sure. Especially if you want kids one day and, you know, 30 is ticking here. Yeah, so, yeah, right. Which is not even old, but, you no. know. It's, oh, I hate that, too. I'm 30, <sighs> and I just, it drives me a little bit nuts that everybody has to do something on this schedule, this societal you have to do things along this path and everyone's so unique and different and that doesn't always work for everyone I don't have children myself yet I don't know if I will or who knows but exactly that I that all of a sudden the clock is supposed to be ticking for me is just a little bit ridiculous so I agree yeah yeah. and you know what's interesting too oh I'm sorry go ahead no oh it's okay um I was gonna say what's interesting as well is that quite honestly and I mean this not in, in a bad way but the HPV is actually more scary, especially the high-risk kind that you've experienced because of the potential for cancer. However, exactly. I think it's actually perceived less negatively than herpes, than you contracting oh. herpes. You know what Definitely. I mean? Which herpes Definitely. has no, very little long-term potential complications. With childbirth, if you have an active outbreak, yes, you may have to have a cesarean section, but that's about it, you know? That's there it. really, Yeah, there really is nothing there's no long-term complications or death, which is eminent potentially with cancer, which is the biggest worry with HPV. So it's just, it's laughable that you receive that kind of response from your doctor. I know he was horrific. And when I went to go see a doctor in my regular practice, when I came home, she was just like, she set me straight. She was like, 
You could have got it years ago. You could have got it last week. And right. you probably got it last week oh, from you guys. Oh, praise the Lord so, for her, yeah. Because I was concerned about, well, how do I tell this new person that I just started sleeping with that I probably gave him an STD? Which could have, pro- it's probably the other way around. He probably in has fact, cold sores. In fact, it was. He didn't realize he had, like, a suspicious zit. Uh-huh. And the girl he had been seeing, well, the woman he had been seeing before me contacted him while he was also on vacation. And, he was, and she was like, just so you know, I have HSV-1. You should get tested. <gasps> wow. So I was able to trace. Thank God I didn't have to go back and contact everybody I had slept with ever. Yeah. Do not envy anyone who has to do that because just doing it with the one person was scary enough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And especially when what I think is the hardest part is not knowing and not being able to pinpoint. It's nice that you were able to say, okay, I do know the culprit. And not that that is always – it's not that you need to know, but I think that does help people narrow down and start to deal with it a little a little quicker than the unknown. I'm still I still yeah. have no idea. I actually haven't been blood tested yet, so I don't know whether I have HSV one or two. Um, mm-hmm. I was diagnosed visually because I had an outbreak at the time genitally years mm-hmm. ago when I was 16, and it never occurred to me that that would. I mean, there's potential risk and transmission risk, so it'd be nice to know with a boyfriend, but we just haven't done it yet. I write a post about that. Anyway, yeah, I think not. The not knowing is almost more frustrating because it's. In a, but I almost think that there's a harm in that sometimes because it's easy to place blame then and not accept some risks too to engage in those activities and right. not knowing that the risk was there. Exactly, and you know, and it's not like I like I don't blame him. Like I like I know where it came from, but I'm not like, how dare you? You gave me herpes, you right, know? Right. And how did he react? Um, well, he was freaking out a little bit. I had had a few days to process before, you know, having to talk about it. He had found out that day, and I so I asked him to come over, and we were texting, and he was like. I'd rather not. I just found out from the girl that I was seeing before you that she has HSV-1, and I probably have it too, so who knows if you even want to see me anymore. And I think my exact text was, bring celebration beers. You don't have to worry about that anymore because I got it. Right. Wow. Interesting. I love that. Okay. So let's get back to, um, I want to talk a little bit more about stigma, and I'm really interested in your, you were talking to, you were going back with a story about how you originally got diagnosed, and I think I started, I probably interrupted you and got excited about what you were saying, so I apologize. What kinds of things do you think you're still working on, and talk a little bit about stigma and then how, where you're at now, and I guess to why you are deciding to chat about that, to come out and share your experience openly. So I guess part of me, is, part of it is that I'm a little bit of a Hannah Horvath from Girls and that I just like to put it all out there. Like, the way I work through problems is I just talk them out. And if that means I got to put it on the internet, I mean, it, I think it's a little helpful because once I learn even more about because I knew, you know, as like HPV, something like 80% of sexually active people in D.C. have it. Yeah. Oh, everywhere. 80%, like, not only D.C., but in the U.S. alone. Everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. that's like, and herpes, HSV-1, something like 90% of the population has the antibodies. Yeah. So why was I crying about it when, but one in 10 people doesn't have this situation going on in their body, right. you know? So, but no one talks about it. There's this terrible stigma that, oh, these people, like the people who have STDs are dirty, you know? At my sluttiest, I never got an STD. Right. But, but when I was, you know, seeing people monogamous, 
procedures for the HPV. Sure. So I ended up talking to some friends about it because I thought I might need rides to like hospitals, sure. etc. Sure. Um, and as soon as I mentioned it to like three of my lady friends were like, "Oh, I've got HPV." Yeah. Oh, yeah. One was like, "Oh yeah, I had that laser off last week." I'm yes. Like, ah, no, why didn't you tell me? I would have been there. Uh, no, you know? I know it. I know it. So many people now that I've done this. I mean, I post this on my Facebook page. Like, hey guys, I launched a new website, and it's an STD website, and I talk all about having an STD. And uh, aside from the initial shock, like, what's she doing? All sorts of people contacted me from high school, from college, people that I just knew, friends of friends, to tell me their stories. And it's just amazing how many people are like, I wish your website was around six years ago. I wish your website was there a month ago. And oh my gosh, I haven't had anyone to talk to. And almost everyone I know. And it's just, it's a bit shocking, but I, but I know that because statistically, yes, that makes sense. But again, frustrating that these people don't have anyone else to talk to because they feel like they can't you know absolutely you become like this vagina whisperer right. so after my piece on exojane went up yeah um, and that's exojane.com for anybody not in the know yes um, and i will link to that too i will link to the piece itself on the bottom awesome. of the podcast so we'll all be able to everyone will be able to check it out also yay Okay, so after that went live, and I put it, I put it on my Facebook, and I put it on my Twitter, and yeah. uh, luckily, I don't really have any family on Facebook other than my sister. Sure. Um, who knows? And actually, sure. my parents know because with the well, with the pre-cancer, um, I thought I had cancer. Right. So right. Because I'm from the Midwest, I called my mom. Right. That's the first thing we do. Right. Exactly. My mom went with me to the doctor. So yeah. There you go. Yep. See, and so with when I. Um, when I got diagnosed with herpes, I called my mom again, and God bless her, she told my father. Yep. So now my dad knows too. Yep, mine too. Um, well, of course, I, yeah. I think they like. I think they prefer not to think about it. I know my mom still. I think has a lot of misconceptions about it, which is really disappointing, and makes me feel like I've disappointed her. Sure. Um, and it also makes me feel like she thinks less of me, which is really like that was hard. That was the hardest part. I think more than more than having to tell guys when I'm dating them, although I haven't had dated anyone since that guy. So, okay. um, but I'm back out there. So check me out on the internet. Gentlemen. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> good for you. But, but once I put that on Facebook and Twitter, first of all, I got like a million followers suddenly. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. With like, apparently like the herpes brigade just showed up on the internet. They were like, yeah, we'll be pals with you. And especially, like, with, like, anonymous, like, the comments on that were huge because there were so many women, you know, and they post anonymously, and they're like, I have the exact same situation. I'm like, why aren't we talking about it? Because, like, to be able to talk about it normalizes it. It makes you feel better. Right. Oh, my God. Like, once I heard, like, one of, like, and when I was talking to my doctors, and I'm like, none of my friends have these problems. And they're like, oh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. They definitely do. You're just not talking about it. Right. refuse to test for it because of the immense stigma so they feel like it's better to not know which is almost I think counterintuitive and does a disservice to people you know if we all knew and everybody had herpes it would be less of an issue and sure again and I say this a couple of times on the website too I'm not encouraging everyone run up and sign up at my door to contract herpes you know quick rub (laughs) up on my vagina real quick I mean 
<laughs> not at all. And, Let's you know, invite only, please. Exactly. <laughs> the vagina is taken right now. But still, it's not the end of the world. And even some of the more risky STIs and STDs, they have larger implications, but they're very well manageable and they can be managed with the right kind of medication and stuff like that. And so I think that, yes, I, I don't want any additional STDs if I can help it. Just like no, I don't either. want to catch the flu or chicken pox tomorrow, which is a herpes virus. But anyway, you know, I I just, I wish that, that it wouldn't be such a big your hands off faux pas you are tainted damaged goods that that's a misconception because once people realize how many people actually have infections or sexually transmitted infections then it's mm -hmm. it's nearly impossible to entirely avoid them there are things you can certainly do to reduce your risk and to be Absolutely. conscientious and sexually yeah. healthy and all of those things, but then at the end of the day, if you want to engage in sexual activities, you want to share your body with someone else and get in that close contact and enjoy the rewards of those experiences, sometimes there are some risks involved and nothing is 100% safe. And once right. people accept that, I think, and then take some responsibility for their actions as well, it becomes less of a you gave me herpes, you horrible bitch, or something, you know? I right. mean, as long as I'm telling people in advance and, and stuff like that and not doing, not being forthcoming and such. So right. how do you, what do you think about talking to someone? So you haven't had that conversation yet, aside from with the guy. Right. Are you nervous about that first kind of conversation? Have you kind of played it out in your head? What are you thinking about that? I am a little bit nervous. Um, it's a little scary, I think, especially to be on... Um, dating sites because yeah. there are two schools of thought like the one is you just put it on your profile and that way no one messages you if they don't want to deal with it sure but I feel like if 90% of the dudes who are on dating sites probably have this already like why scare them off if they don't know they have it that's true you know that's true um part of me is a little like I think it's a little scary to have your name and herpes come up in a google search <laughs> yeah like, maybe for, you know, employers one day down the line, although no one is allowed to discriminate against that. That's, you know, that's a true. health situation. That's, I think that's protected. You never know if they are, and they're just exactly. not telling you that. Yeah. Exactly. But it does kind of help with dating, because I feel like I Google everyone before I go out with them. It's funny. That's um, great. It's a good I'm idea. Because I'm a reporter, and, yeah. <laughs> and that's just our way. Right. But I just sort of assume other people do, too, so hopefully they'll have a heads up ahead of time. And right. that way it'll make it a little bit easier. Like, sure. so, uh, my plan is to be like, so, in case you haven't Googled it, just so you know, right. I have HSV-1 and I have HPV, which are not as scary as they sound. Right. Do you have questions? Can we move forward? Yeah, good. Oh, and I, I like I like the simplicity of that, actually. I talk about that a lot. There have been a couple of different websites who have written about it, so I link to those and talk about you know other people's advice and what I give as advice and what I've experienced has worked out really well. And I agree, there are those two schools of thought. You can either come right out with it, mm -hmm. and I think that works for some people because they'd rather not invest their own emotions and get interested in someone just to have them reject them for that purpose. Right. Um, but then I also do say, quite honestly, until you put someone at risk, until you're in that situation, 
I don't think that it's necessary that you have to come right out on that on, on your first date. You know, I don't I don't say hi. I'm Janelle. I have herpes. Let's go for coffee. You know, right? And you can do that if you'd like, and that works for you. I definitely wouldn't tell you not to, but I also don't think, you know, nobody tells their deepest, darkest secrets on first dates to people. You don't no. run all off with that. It's really kind of scary if you do yes. that. It's if you do that, much. you don't get second dates. Exactly. And once I think, too, people do see you for who you are, if you've developed a relationship outside of just a physical relationship, then it's less, it becomes less of an issue. I mean, I've been really lucky. I know not everyone has had this scenario but I've not yet had anyone say, I don't want to date you because you have you have HSV. You know, it just hasn't occurred. It's been a conversation, and even some of the people that early on that I didn't tell when I should have, once I told them, it was the same reaction. They were disappointed, but at that point in time, we had already developed enough of a relationship to where I think they realized that wasn't I wasn't herpes. I, yeah. You know, I, I'm not my herpes. That's just something I have. It's not what defines me as long as I choose not to let it define me which is hard for people I think I think it is at first like I totally like I totally did I'm like oh god this is with me forever and all time yeah but um knowing that outbreaks in general will be less and less especially since if you have one not orally or if you have two not genitally right you you tend to have fewer and less severe, less severe. outbreaks yes which is comforting for me sure. um since that's that's my situation right but you know i've only had one other outbreak since the first one and the first one's always the worst right. is what they tell you right. and you know and i've got you know some uh, lidocaine and i've got some valtrex so yeah i don't know like i'm not saying i'm like free and easy down the road like hello right. come on in doors open because that's not the way i am Anyways. in general but that's not the way i was before right either. right so i wouldn't say it's changed me that much honestly like it made me a little more introspective about who I will let into my heart because, you know, the people who are worthwhile to date are the people who are not going to judge you based right. on that. It's true. It's true. It's the people who aren't just interested in a quick lay. And mm -hmm. that's all well and good. And if that's what you're looking for and you're disclosing everything up front, then you know, get it on. I'm all about yeah, that. Yeah, girl. Right, totally. Um, but if you're looking for something longer term and you don't just want somebody who's interested in just banging you, uh, then yeah, you'll find those people. It's certainly possible. So um, let me look and see. This interview is just so exciting. Oh, and it's even, <laughs> normally I try and keep these things for around 20 minutes, but I've just enjoyed talking with you so much. So I'm going to wrap. This great. It's, it's fun. I really, and maybe we can do this again sometime. See, you know, if we get a lot of comments and that kind of thing and we'll do a round two because there's so many other things we can chat about and I had a list of questions and I think I got through two of them so <laughs> that's I'm sorry, awesome. I gotta carry on a little bit but this has been really good and I'd be happy to come on again honestly. Awesome, awesome, okay fantastic. No, I do the same thing, this has been a great conversation, it's been a lot of fun for me. So we're gonna say thank you so much for participating. Lindsay, I really appreciate it. You're excellent, you're inspiring and I think that there will be a lot of people just really excited to listen to what you have to say and thankful for your perspective so it's refreshing thank you kindly well it's been my pleasure thanks so much for having me all right guys and next week stay tuned we will be talking about why talking about having an std is freeing and can be part of your 
healing process, whether you do that written, out loud, which will be a good follow-up to this conversation, I think. So stay tuned. Until next time, guys, thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.